Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Today, every once in a while, we, we do what we call Mission Sundays. And uh, sometimes these are interviews, sometimes they're, um, you know, they last 10 minutes uh, and we'll do an interview. And sometimes, sometimes we ask people to come and actually share and take the service and share what God has put on their heart. And that's what, what we're doing today. Today we are so um, honored to, uh, to really have a son of the house. Um, we're, we're honored to have um, Ron and Sharon Gray with us today, and uh, Brother Ron's going to share a little bit about what God is doing um, through their ministry, and we get to be a part of it. When you gave today, a part of what you give goes to to resource missionaries so that they can take the gospel all around the world, and uh, Andrew and I had a chance to meet with them for lunch yesterday, and we just left just like full of life and so um, just loving that we get to be a part of making an impact and a difference, not just in Tallahassee, but all around the world. And so today we got a short little video that gives kind of a recap of, of what they're doing and how God is moving. And then uh, Ron's going to come up and share from his heart today. I do want to mention this, um, you know, praying as the Holy Spirit, we're going to give you an opportunity to sow into uh, their ministry later in the service. So I would just encourage you to, to pray and ask the Holy Spirit um, what we, he would have you do and how he would have you respond. But um, listen, open your hearts and be ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. Amen. Good morning, Transformation Church. It's so good to be with you today. It's good to be anywhere. Hallelujah. I'm just glad to be out and about and sharing the word of the Lord and uh, so appreciative of this church standing with us and helping us uh, to minister the word of God around the world. Uh, this year, I've already been in Cuba twice. I just got back from Costa Rica. I leave in the morning for Kenya, Africa at six o'clock where I'll be working with missionaries uh, Ken and Gracie Odiahambo who work in the Cabrera slum, a slum of one million people that uh, is the largest slum in the entire uh, continent of Africa. And so we'll be there sharing uh, life with them for the first week. And then the next week I will be doing some regional pastors conferences around Nairobi, Kenya and ministering and touching their lives. In October, I will be going back to Cambodia for uh, probably the 15th time that I've been there. I have the privilege of overseeing about 189 missionaries in 29 different countries, and the ones that are in Cambodia are involved in rescuing women and children and young boys from human trafficking. And so we go to visit them and encourage them for several days and bring them into a little retreat and share the word of the Lord with them. And so I'll be there. Then we're going to stop in Seoul, Korea, where we have uh, missionaries that minister to a nation that is north of South Korea. And we try to be careful what we say, but they minister in one of the toughest areas of the world. And we'll be there with them for a couple of days. I'll be back 
in uh, Kenya in November teaching at one of our training schools for pastors. We have schools now, two in Kenya, Uganda, Senegal, Zambia, Democratic Republic of the Congo, and India, two in Mexico, and one in Cuba. And so we're training pastors all over the world. And so God has blessed us. And then I'll be back in Cuba again in December of this year, ministering to uh, some of the people there. And some of the church here went with me a couple of years ago to Cuba and have already asked me today, we're praying for that nation. They are still in desperate straits and difficulties. So you continue just to pray for them. Uh, I am, uh, tomorrow as I go, as I leave at six o'clock in the morning, I just received a note yesterday from our missionaries that their laptop died. And so on the way home this afternoon, I'm going to stop at Sam's Club and buy a laptop for them. And that's just the kind of stuff we do. People request things and because of churches and individuals like you that have stood with me and because of this church standing with me over the years, I have traveled for over two and a half million air miles. <clears throat> and I've been to 55 countries and most of those multiple times. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for standing with me. I appreciate it so much. It's just a, a blessing of the Lord to be able to do what God has called me to do. I turned 67 this year and people have said, Ron, are you going to retire? I said, not unless I have to. I'm intending to just keep doing the work of the Lord as long as I am able. And I'm very grateful to the Lord to be able to do that. Um, I do want to uh, say to you that in January, I will be leading my fourth uh, tour to Israel. Uh, I've got quite a group going. I've already got 41 people, but I have room for about six more. There's some brochures on the table out in the foyer. And uh, some people from here have gone with me to Israel before. Listen, you can go. You can go with a television preacher if you want to, but if you go with me, it's fun. <laughs> we have fun. And uh, I do something that no other tour that I know of does. Uh, on the last day, we actually do a nine-day tour instead of an eight-day tour. And on the last day, we have a do-nothing day. And we just let people go into Jerusalem and they can pray all day at the Wailing Wall. You can visit museums. You can drink coffee. You can shop. You can do all kinds of different things. And so there's some brochures. If you're interested in going with us, it's just a great opportunity. And we've got an extension that we're going to be going to Rome and to Istanbul, Turkey, uh, following that if anybody is interested. And so we would love to have you to participate with us. And the last thing that I share with you is during COVID, uh, I started thinking about all the things that God has allowed me to do in my life. And so I wrote my second book. My first book was called Enter to Worship, Exit to Serve. And I've just written a second book called An Adventure in Obedience. 48 years ago, I said yes to God. I didn't know what that meant. I was going to Florida State University to go into business and to work. And the Lord said, go. And I, I thought he meant right then. So I just quit school at 19 years old and started traveling. And I've been all over the world a couple of different times and ministered. And so I just talk about what does it mean to be say yes to God. And growing up in this house, it's a lot of my stories about what God did for me uh, growing up and how he directed my path. And then I share stories from all of these nations. And so uh, it'll be available to you out on the uh, out in the foyer at the table. My sweet wife, Sharon. Uh, Sharon, why don't you wave at everybody or stand up there? That's my wife, Sharon. We just celebrated 40 years of wonderful marriage life. I'm so thankful. 
for her and uh, for her being with me and sharing life together is such a blessing of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to be here today. It's an honor and a privilege for us. We just are so grateful for what God is doing here and grateful to be a part with you and to share in life together. Turn in your Bible today to Luke chapter 15, a familiar portion of scripture. And I want to read this, verse 11 through 31. We call it the prodigal son story or the parable of the lost son. Verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. No one gave him anything. But when he came to himself... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, and when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again and he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in and his father came out and pleaded with him and he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time and yet you never gave me the young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Let's just pray together. Thank you, Father, for your word. Let it accomplish the purpose for which it is written. Give us ears to hear, Lord, what your spirit would say to us today. And we honor and give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a story about family relationships, a father and two sons. It's talking about all the things that took place uh, in their life. A father who loved his sons and really wanted the best for them. Uh, how many of you know that um, family relationships uh, either bring out the best or the worst in us? Uh, how many of y'all got brothers and sisters? Huh? Uh, yeah, I'm the baby of four brothers. Uh, I learned a lot uh, by observation. And... Uh, the truth is, is that you just learn a lot of things in family. I mean, family teaches you stuff. Um, you know, you, you just try stuff when you're a kid. I found out that no matter how hard you try, you cannot baptize a cat. Uh, uh, 
you find out that when mom is mad at dad, don't let her brush your hair. <laughs> she takes it out on you. Uh, you found out if your sibling hits you, don't hit back because they always catch the second person. Oh, and of course, this is one we all learned that you cannot hide broccoli in milk, <laughs> no matter how hard you try. So we learn things in family and Hopefully we learn some good things, but this is a story about family. Now I've read this story so many times in my life growing up and in devotional times. And one day I had read it in the morning for my devotional time and I was driving down the road and I felt like the Lord said to me, do you know what prodigal means? And of course, being a minister of the gospel that has preached and done all of these things. I said, well, yes, God, I know what prodigal means. It says it at the top of my Bible, the little heading there, that prodigal is the man who, the young boy who left home. And so we pray for the prodigal to come home. So prodigal means that you leave the home, you leave your place. And the Lord said, look it up in the dictionary. So I opened up the dictionary, and when I opened up the dictionary, I found something different than what I expected. For the dictionary definition says of prodigal, to be exceedingly or recklessly wasteful, a returning after abandoning a person, group, or ideal for selfish reasons. So the definition of prodigal is not leaving home. The definition of prodigal is wasteful living. Now that changes the whole dynamic of the story. It changes the things that we think about because the younger son was not prodigal because he left home. He was prodigal because he wasted the inheritance that had been given to him by his father. It was, he, he, it was not just that he went to another place. It was the wastefulness of his life. You know, the younger son went out on a course that I believe that he chose for himself. You know, there's a lot of young people here today I was watching during worship. I'm so thankful for you guys. But let me tell you something. Choices are important. Choices are important. You know, I was driving down the road years ago with my two daughters and we saw a, 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 an older lady eating out of a trash can and they stopped, they, they started asking me, Daddy said, why is she eating out of the trash can? And as I was thinking about that whole process, I said to them, she didn't wake up this morning and decide to eat out of a trash can. She made a series of choices that led her to this existence. And the Lord gave me a word, and the word is, is that choices lead to actions, and actions lead to lifestyles. I want you to think about that a minute. Choices that you make lead to certain actions, and actions lead to a certain lifestyle, and so the reason that we live the way that we do today is because of the choices that we've made in our life over a period of years. And so we have to be careful about the choices that we make. A series of short-term choices can have long-term consequences. And so we don't understand sometimes at the beginning the things that can happen in our life because of the choices that we make. The younger, brother, the younger son was filled with self-will. You know, he wanted to do what he wanted to do. <laughs> uh, uh, even some of the older folks that are here today, 
we got in trouble in some of our life because we said, I want to do what I want to do. Only to find out that wasn't good. It didn't bring blessing. It didn't bring productivity. It didn't bring things in our life. And so I believe that so many, the, the younger son, I believe that he was filled with the will. He didn't want to do the father's will. He wanted to do his own will. Can I just tell you, it's always better to do the father's will. It's always better to do what the father God wants us to do in our life. His word is filled with admonitions to us about how we live, what we do, where we go. It's not just, it's not just words on a page. It's information for living. It helps us to know what we're supposed to do, where we're not supposed to go, what things in our life will bring blessing and honor. And so he was filled with self-will. He was filled with selfishness. He wanted again to have pleasures and desires, which again the Bible says are fun for a season, but they're not good for the long term. It led to separation. It caused him to separate from the very people that he loved. I've lived long enough to find out that bad choices separate us from the very people that God really wants to be a part of our life and, our, and help us to accomplish his will and his purpose. And it led to spiritual destitution. Now today I want to just talk to you just a little bit about three things. I want to talk to you about lessons from the younger son, lessons from the prodigal, from the younger son, lessons from the older son, and lessons from the father. First of all, lessons from the younger son. He wanted the father's blessing, but he did not want the father's authority. Ah, well, there's the rub, isn't it? We always want the blessings, but we don't necessarily want the authority. We want God to give us stuff, but those commandment things, I could do without that. I just soon pass on that, thank you. I enjoy making my own decisions. I enjoy doing what I want to do, when I want to do it, where I want to do it, how I want to do it. And so the younger son, he found himself wanting the blessings of the father, but he didn't want the authority of the father. I believe the next thing is, is that he took his father's blessings for granted. He didn't realize what he had until he lost it. Ah, uh, well... Some of us have been down that road too. You don't realize what you have until it's gone. We take for granted some of the things that we have. Listen, I traveled to all these other countries. Let me tell you something. One of the things that's done for me in my life is to cause me to be a grateful human being. I am thankful for everything that comes my way. I go to places that have nothing, that can't get anything. I was telling somebody before the service today that one of our translators in Cuba asked me, said, Ron, would you bring some toothbrushes to us? Because we have one toothbrush for our family and we boil it between persons and we each use, everybody in the family uses the same toothbrush. Wow. <laughs> I got toothbrushes I don't even know. I get toothbrushes two or three every time I go to the dentist. And so we just take these things for granted. I took 200 toothbrushes to Cuba. You would have thought that I was giving them gold. They were standing there holding toothbrushes saying, thank you, thank you, Ron. And I was thinking, it's so easy to take it for granted when in fact, 
Some of the things that we take for granted are blessings to other people around the world. We don't need to take our blessings for granted. Listen, guys, I don't care how bad it is. Let me, some of y'all go with me somewhere. Tomorrow again, I'll get on a plane. By the way, it's not fun. A lot of people think, oh, it's wonderful to go to all these other countries. It's 36 hours, three planes before I get to where I'm going in Kenya. There's nothing fun about that. Even when I was younger, but at 67, trust me, they do not put me in first class. I've even tried to use Reverend. <laughs> Reverend Ron. <laughs> Anything to get to first class. But no, there's no first class. I sit in the cheap seats like all the rest of the people. <laughs> and there's all these empty seats at first class up there. And I'm thinking, I could sit up there. Don't take your blessings for granted. I believe that even though the younger son maybe had experienced some things, he did not know the dangers that were waiting for him out there. Paths that begin in pleasure end in pain. It's always, it's amazing how we always think that the grass is greener on the other side only to get there and find out it's astroturf. <laughs> oh, it looked good, but it's all plastic. And so the reality is, is that sometimes things look better than it really is. Be careful that not only do we take the blessings of God for granted, but we don't realize the dangers that are out there. I tell people all the time, I've told my children, I tell my grandchildren, you don't always know what's going on out there. It looks good, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. So be careful of the choices again that you make. Another truth that God gave to me about the prodigal story is that, again, I've read it hundreds and hundreds of times. And in my mind and in the, in, in the preaching that I've heard through the years, it was always that the son ran away, he spent his, all of his money, and he wound up living in a pig pen, right? That's where we, we just know that he lived in a pig pen. But as I began to dissect the scripture, I saw something I'd never seen before. He had spent all of his money and there was a famine in the land. And then the Bible says that after all of that, he joined himself to a man in a far country and the man put him in the pig pen. Ah, oh, be careful who you join yourself to. Be careful who your friends are. I know that sounds a little old fashioned, but it's still truth. The people that you join yourself to can either bring blessings in your life or bring destruction to your life. It's important who you're connected to. Covenant relationships. I tell people, listen, I was telling Pastor Ryan yesterday, I've been doing this for 48 years. I've been traveling around the world. The reason that I'm able to do the things that I do is because God has given me great relationships. I've got people right here at this church that sometimes walk up to me and say, Ron, I call your name in prayer. 
And it embarrasses me because sometimes I don't even remember their name. <laughs> That's what happens when you get older too. But they pray for me. And because they pray for me, it helps me to be about the Father's business. Let me tell you something. Be careful who you connect to in life. The connections that you make can cause all kinds of things in your life. It's so important who God brings us into relationship with. Be careful. Other people have another belief system, another theology. <laughs> I believe that covenant relationships that are based on the word of God will bring blessing to your life. Let, you, let, let God direct you to people who will help you to be more productive. Don't be around negative people. Don't be around people that take you down, but be around people that bring you up into the purposes of God. When I read the story again, there was something else that came to me. When the younger son first came to the father, he had two words, give me. When he came back to the father, he had two more words, make me. Wow. He went from give me to make me. Everybody wants us to give something to us, but what we need to pray is make me into what you want me to be, oh God. You're the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and make me after your will while I'm waiting, yielded and still. I pray that God will help us to be a people that will not say, give me, give me, give me blessings, give me all the good stuff. But instead we would say, Lord, make us to be instruments of your love. <laughs> I didn't know what God was gonna do when I prayed that prayer 48 years ago. I said, Lord, make me an instrument to the nations. Make me an instrument. And because of that now, we've built Bible schools and graduated thousands of pastors and lives are being touched all over simply because I asked God to make me an instrument of his love. And then those famous words that we love in the scripture says that he came to his senses. <laughs> oh, I pray to God that we will awaken, that we'll come to our senses, that he came to himself. I believe he woke up from deception. I believe it's important. I think so many times we're deceived and we don't even know that we're deceived. We listen to so many things that we don't understand and so deception has taken a hold on us, but God help us to not be deceived. Lessons from the elder brother. I believe that first of all, he was as much a prodigal as the younger brother. He never left home, but he wasted his ability to enjoy living in the father's house. He had everything that he wanted. Listen, I've been around church all my life. There's a lot of people that's sitting in this room today that you've been blessed beyond belief, and yet you're not enjoying the benefits and blessings of serving the king of kings. You're upset because of what somebody else did or didn't do and you live your whole life and you miss what God has for you. The elder brother was living like a slave instead of a son. Think about that. He had everything and yet he was living like a slave. He, he, the, the father even said to him, said, you've been like a slave, you don't, but, but you don't have to be that way. You're a son in the house. You could have had a calf every day because everything that I have is yours. 
years. So many times we don't realize what we have. We don't realize what God has given to us. We don't realize the blessing of the Lord. He missed the blessings of living with his father because he was filled with jealousy and imaginations. He said that the younger brother had been living with harlots. That never said. It just said it was riotous living. I believe the older brother was imagining things that he would have done if he had been out there in the field. Sometimes we're filled with imaginations. He was angry without merit. And then lessons from the father. His love is unconditional and eternal. He makes provision to receive his children regardless of their bad choices. Oh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this, but has anybody in this room ever made a bad choice? Okay. Don't look at anybody now. Don't look over at your spouse. But no matter what bad choices that we've made, the Father's love is always unconditional. He's always standing waiting for us to say, I'm sorry, to ask for forgiveness and to be made into what he called us to be from the beginning. So I believe that there's lessons from the Father. If we truly want to come home, he's always waiting for us to stop wasting our lives and step into what he has prepared for us. So here's the end of what I feel like the Lord wants me to share to you today. Don't waste another minute. Don't waste another minute. If you've been waiting for the right time to get your life right with God, today's the day. Don't keep saying, well, sometime, somewhere, someplace, somehow. Today's the day. Now's the time. This is the place. If you've been prodigal, if you've been wasting your life doing things that you know you shouldn't do, don't waste another minute. But give yourself to God and say, this is my day that I'm going to get back to the Father. Whether you're the younger son, maybe you're doing things that you shouldn't do. Maybe you've been some places you shouldn't have been. Maybe you've said some things you shouldn't have said. Maybe your attitude stinks. But in spite of all of that, the Father is saying, there's still a place in the house for you. And maybe you're the older brother. And maybe you've had this attitude that says, well, I don't want to, I, I don't want to enjoy my salvation. I don't want to enjoy the benefits and blessings of God. And you're not enjoying your place in the family. Make it right today. Get into a place with God where you say, Lord, today is my day. And you know, the Lord showed me one more thing, and I want to close with this. I started thinking about that the younger brother had already received all of his inheritance, and in that culture, the older brother was going to receive everything else, so the younger brother didn't have any more inheritance. But that's why the father put the ring on his hand and the robe on his back and the sandals on his feet because the sandals spoke that he was no longer, he was not going to be a servant even though he said that's what I'll be. It meant that he was a son because the servants were barefooted but his son had sandals on his feet. And so the Lord is saying when you come into a place of forgiveness and repentance to God, he puts sandals and he says, you're my child. Hallelujah. 
He put a robe on him. <laughs> the robe was literally the prayer shawl that said, not only, not only are you back in the family, but you're restored positionally to be able to pray with us, to be part of the spiritual life that is in us. The Lord doesn't want you on the outside, He wants you on the inside to serve Him and to live for Him. And He gave Him His ring. <laughs> the ring was like MasterCard. He could go anywhere. And with the ring, he was given the power to make wealth again. The ring caused him to be able to say, I could go, maybe I don't have any inheritance, but I could come into this place and because of the ring that says I'm part of the family, I can see my wealth restored. I can see God help me to get back into places that I would never was, that, that I had left and that I couldn't find myself in those places anymore. But through the ring, I'm part of the family. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be what God wants me to be. I can do what God wants me to do. And so I just want to encourage you today that if it's not a matter that you've run away from home, the question is, is are you wasting the opportunity that God has given to you? Are you wasting the time? Are you wasting the moment? Are you wasting the talents? I see people in churches I go to that are so talented and have so much ability, but they're not using what God has given to them. Don't waste another minute. Pastor, would you come? Pastor's gonna come and receive an offering for our ministry. Thank you for sharing with us. And then as soon as the offering is finished, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond to this because I believe the Lord put this in my heart. Listen, let me just say this. You can sit in church every Sunday. You can sing all the songs. You can say amen in the right places. You can raise your hand. You can do all those things. But you can still be prodigal. You can be wasting what God has invested in your life. God has been good to us. Would you agree with that? And because he's been good to us, I have a responsibility to use what he's given to me for the purposes of extending his kingdom in every way possible, in every place possible to do the purposes of God. So we're gonna give you an opportunity that if you're wasting your time, your ability, your talents, this morning you can respond to that and let God help make you into what he wants you to be. Thank you, Pastor. We're gonna take a moment and, and uh, partner with Ron and Sharon in our giving and so you can kind of prepare for that. I, you know, I wanna say, like I can, just, I can just sense like a stirring inside of me, like what connects so much with what Ron is sharing to me is that it's so close to my story. And I think so many times in life we disqualify ourselves from the choices that we've made, the things that we've done. We, we have our 
long list of the reasons why we think God can't use us. And what we fail to realize is that in scripture, there's something that about God that likes to work through our weaknesses. I don't know, maybe so that he gets all the glory, <laughs> right? Because when we do things out of our strength, we get the glory. When he does mighty things through our weakness, he gets the glory. And I really want, I, I really believe that there's some that are here today that it's like these words of don't waste the potential that God has placed inside of you has just been echoing in your heart over the last 25 minutes or so. And I really want to challenge you. We're going to receive an offering and I know it feels like it's like we're shifting gears, but the reason why we're doing it this way today is because we really want, we really want to take some time and to have some ministry time at the end of the service today. And so really encourage you not, don't let this moment stop you from responding and what the Lord wants to do in your life. Our world is full of athletes that had all the talent in the world, but because of poor choices, nobody's ever even heard of them. And how, how much of a shame would it be that in the kingdom of God, that our world would be full of people that nobody's heard of because they never reached their full potential. You know, Jesus makes a, a statement in Mark and he gives us this challenge to go into all the world to preach the good news to everyone. And I was thinking that word go really looks a little bit different for all of us. For somebody like Ron and Sharon, the word go means leave what makes them comfortable, leave the place that they've grown up in, the, the place that they know so well, and to sacrifice their life to go to take the good news of the gospel to places that you and I will probably never see. For you and I, go looks a little different. For you and I, go may be our workplace, it may be our school. Today, go also looks like us partnering financially to be able to sow a seed, to be able to help resource the gospel so that Ron and Sharon can go where God leads them to go in order to make a difference, a kingdom difference all around the world. When I think about today, our little sacrifice Maybe it's $10, maybe it's $100, $500, whatever the Holy Spirit lays on your heart. But our little sacrifice today can literally be somebody else's miracle. And so I really want to encourage you in this moment, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. There's no guilt in giving, but my encouragement to you would be to be obedient to what the Lord lays upon your heart today. On the screen, they'll put ways that you can give. You can use an envelope. You can give cash or, or check, write it out to Transformation Church, and we'll make sure and get everything to, um, to Ron and Sharon. You can give online. That's the way Andrew and I um, are giving uh, in this offering. And so you can select missions on the drop down, and everything that comes in today, um, we'll bless them with. So I'm going to invite the ushers forward at this time, and I want to pray over this and then. 
and then Ron's going to come back out, and I want our uh, prayer team to, to be prepared for, for prayer today. Father, we thank you, God, for this amazing couple. We thank you, Father, for the great family, Lord. Uh, some people here today may, may not even know this, that the beginning, the birth of this church 65 years ago was in their parents' basement. And Lord, today we are just honored to be able to come alongside and to be able to partner with this amazing ministry that's doing amazing things in places that, that we will never go. And so Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Lord, give us clarity on how you would want us to partner with this ministry. And Lord, we, we know this. And Lord, no matter what we sacrifice, no matter how big or small, Lord, we know that you're gonna use it to be somebody else's miracle. And so Lord, bless this offering, multiply it in our life, in the life of this ministry, Lord, that we may accomplish all that you've called us to. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.